We were talking about some fun things last time. Um, my favorite thing that we talked about was the Studio uh, Ghibli films. Yeah, man. So what? Well, let's just start with that, dude. Let's start. What were um, what were some of your what were some of your favorites that like you had ever watched? How did you ever end up finding those films? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's just from a friend that I went to school with. He was like a evangelist for his films, basically. Um, and he was just like, you got to go down the list and watch all of them. And it was really worth my time to do that. <laughs> when did, yeah. when did you, when, when did that happen? Like, were you still in high school or? Uh, I was, I was in high school. High school. Yep. So yeah, we, uh, enjoyed those in high school. I mean, I feel like, I don't remember really the order. I mean, you know, I probably saw like Castle in the Sky first. Mm hmm and then, you know, you get into, like, the weeds of the less popular ones. Um, yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. How think, about you? I – so I think um, I think the first one that I saw, I was – I think I was also in high school. Am I um, – no. No. Okay. No, I remember. <laughs> I remember what it was. So – um, when I was in middle school, I think around eighth grade, I remember not being allowed to stay up super late and I was watching Naruto and it's like still on Cartoon Network on Toonami or whatever. And then, um, I think like the last, this is like when Toonami still had like stuff that kids maybe shouldn't have watched. <laughs> and, um, I remember Princess You knew Mon you were like cool with the G <laughs> when you were <laughs> yes. watching Toonami. <laughs> Um, no SpongeBob. Oh mm -mm. no, I felt like an adult. <laughs> yeah. But I remember Princess Mononoke came up. And um if you've ever watched that film, it is like very brutal in a lot of scenes. And I remember being like, Oh, I'm gonna stay up and watch this film. This looks good. And watching it, I remember being like terrified at like all the creatures. Like the way that the creatures would look. And I remember being I lost. I had nightmares about. Um, there's this one scene where the, this guy gets like super strong, and so he like fires his arrow, and it blows off another guy, like his arm. So like the arrow goes through his arm, but doesn't just get like stuck in there. Like it just severs his arm. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just stunned as a, as a, you know a little thirteen year old, and I was like, oh. My gosh. And I remember having nightmares about that, about that movie. And then upon revisiting it in college, I was like, this is an amazing film. And, um, but I watched that. And then the other like very memorable one that I know of is, um, Howl's Moving Castle. And that's cause my cousin and I were both really into like anime at the time. And then when we found like anime movies, this was like a really magical one, I guess. Cause like, I really like adventure stories. And her, um, like, growing up, she was really into, like, the romance, like, animes and that kind of stuff. Like, and I think that movie had a really good blend of both where it was, like, it's, like, a romance film in a way, but in this, like, wild situation enough to where it, like, isn't just, like, a lovey-dovey movie the whole way through. Yeah, he's, he's such a master at blending lots of different, like, 
emotions and elements without getting like too extreme, I guess, you know, like he'll have touches of violence, touches of romance, touches of everything. Um, so I, I, even, even in my most like scared moments at, you know, as a, as somebody, as a younger person watching them, it was never like too crazy especially because I don't have much of an affinity for horror film, like scary movies. Um, yeah, he's, it's just so, it's so like, it's a style that's so ubiquitous. I find that like so many kinds of people can enjoy it. Like there's kind of something in them for everyone. Mm-hmm. They're just so brilliant. Yeah. No, I definitely love them. Um, I remember in college, we're doing like a film studies class, like one of the first ones, like when you sign up for the major that you have to do. I remember one of the last ones was um, Spirited Away. Because like I, I, a big element of that film is like the, this like critique on like, or like I guess in partnership with like things that deal with environmentalism. So like um, – like the spirit of the water not being able to turn into like a dragon because like his true form, because the place that he's from is dirty or, you know, or, um, like the, there's this one like creature that like steals a bunch of stuff and he gets like into these magical bathtubs and then he's like clean and fresh all of a sudden. Um, and like just like these big critiques, I guess, on greed and like what that can lead to and like that kind of stuff. And um and then that movie's that movie's wild just because of like the situation that like the kid is in in terms of like <laughs> mom, dad, and a kid like accidentally walking to this place where like the parents are transformed into pigs and then the kid is like left all by herself in like this spirit world, and you're like Wow, that is wild. And then the characters are just so much fun. Like the guy who's in the boiler room and like the assistant of like the place and it's so it's just a lot of fun. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of those movies is just like they're always a lot of fun. Um and like the worlds that he builds are really really captivating. Like they they're all fantasy, but it all it feels like I guess enough of um like he's blending different things, whether it's like Japanese culture and European culture enough to where it feels like it's totally its own thing. And, um, like it's just, it's just wild. It's just so much fun to like, to just like, I guess, embrace being in, in those worlds. Totally. I I think when I like kind of got it with his films, like you get like, you know, his his body of work as as a whole like you see one piece and you don't really you can't really know like what he's about with just one singular film and i remember um watching nausicaa uh and then that one i was i knew i was like okay i get what i understand what this guy's about <laughs> i think it was maybe like the third one i watched or something like that but was there a thing inside of that movie that like made you realize that or just like movie as a whole as you completed it? Um, <clears throat> well, it wasn't as like it, it it's not as like dense as like a howls or even a spirited away, which I would describe as kind of like they're, you know, 
they're like these dense stories uh, with lots of characters and like, you know, different, uh, um, you know, just like this rainbow of emotions, this gradient of stuff. And Nausicaa is very much like this solitary, like man versus nature kind of thing. Um, so it was just like a different approach and it, it just, I feel like it's, um, it was him kind of like trying to be grittier. It's not like this, I don't know, like as feel good Disney type of thing. Not that. Yeah. But yeah, I, th I think that one, just seeing him try something really different. Um, I was like, okay, you can see what kind of storyteller this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> I like when you watch the film you see like kids deal with like heavy stuff a lot of the times. Oh man. Like, it's not just like, um, heavy stuff is for adults. Does that make sense? Or like stuff that's weighty, whether it's like, you know, Oh, my parents died or, Oh, I'm lost. And like a bunch of different things like that. It's like, um, it's the, it's just those things, but a, a kid dealing with it, not like a, you know, famous actor in their twenties. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I just really appreciated that. I like when I like when movies do that when they like it feels like they're not treating the viewer like they're dumb. Um I think having a lot of movies like that is really refreshing. Not that saying like, you know, dumb movies that like the whole purpose is for the audience to just like sit back and turn your brain off are bad, yeah. but like Sometimes it's nice to have like a, a weighty movie that like whether it's a kid watching it um, or an adult watching it, it doesn't treat you like you're stupid. Sure. And I think that comes through in a lot of those movies. Something really fun about animation, I think, is like uh, there's kind of a different like I, I find that the the the, the stories tests do tend to kind of like expand a lot. You know, you're talking about like really crazier plots because I feel like a huge fascination with making movies in the real world is simply pulling them off. You write these characters and you got to find a person that in the real world that needs to look like them and have a performance that sounds like them. And that's kind of like amazing. It's like really hard to do, to do all the things that you need to place it, the real places, the real clothes. So that's like the effort not to say the stories are weaker for that but in animation like you're not really worried about the performance or really anything so it's like purely like more of an experiment in like just crazy storytelling <laughs> so i think that's why animation can kind of get away with like weirder stuff and obviously it's not like bound to reality like you can have more fantastical things happen well yeah i think that aspect of it just with um like locations um what's wonderful about that and like animation is like you just like make it up you're like oh we need to be in space like we'll just draw that <laughs> we're in space you know um oh we need this like cool farmhouse in the cornfield it's like we don't need to find that necessarily and get permission to like film in it for like a whole month or whatever it's just like you just you, you might find like inspo from something real, right? Right. But um, aside from that, you're just like whipping it up. For sure. And I think, I think that's one, that's like a wonderful thing about animation is it like it leads to like more imaginative stuff because I think it allows for that 
by not having to deal with things like permission or like, you know, payment fees for a place that you go to or whatever. Like it's like not as, I don't know. I feel like real films are just a a huge like logistical task, Mm -hmm. if anything. I I think the logistics are probably different. (laughs) Because I'm sure there's like, I've never made an animated film before, but I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that's like people are either really upset about in terms of like a process of like how you get things done or sure things like that. But like I, like coming from our world, I think it's probably more appealing in a way because you're not dealing with stuff that we don't like to do in the first place. You're just dealing with other stuff. Yeah, I can imagine. It'd be cool to kind of like, oversee or i don't know even like you should have somebody on this podcast if you know anyone that does animation because that's super cool (laughs) i've always been curious about the process of directing animation because like like because the like the drawing i get right where it's like we're just drawing like the screenwriting for animation is basically almost the same thing i would assume other than maybe like typing out some like actions that you can have things do that you know, can't happen in real life or whatever. But um, drawing I get, right? Because you're just like sitting down and you're just drawing it or you're sitting down and like animating it in 3D and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I understand that aspect. And, uh, but like the directing side of animation where you're like, how involved is like a director in um, an animated film in the capacity of like, like when do they check in? Do you know what I mean? Right. Because I feel like on set, like a director's like always there and like talking and making decisions. And I'm sure they're they're doing that in an animated film too. But like, like how often are they? How often are they sitting at like a table with one of the artists? You know, like drawing frames. Seriously. Or do they like only check in like after a week? And I'd be curious about how many directors are like, like how often you get to change things that like the artists are making. Right. Does that make sense? Like you take like two weeks, you draw a bunch, you draw like a whole scene. And aside from like maybe how that scene plays out or like how expressive a character is being, like that makes sense. Like, oh, they're not being sad enough. This moment's supposed to be way sadder. Um, but like in that way, there is a lot of similarities where they're like, you know, first and foremost like they're definitely going to be there for the lines because yeah. you record the dialogue 100%. you would probably record the dialogue first you probably I, have I some so. like storyboards mm-hmm. but and then i would imagine i kind of ima- i'm kind of imagining a process that's probably like basically a storyboard and then getting higher resolution with just more in between frames so if something isn't stacking up you've only drawn like the equivalent of maybe three frames in a yeah. second or maybe even let, you know, just a, you know, so it'll kind of gradually get into more motion. Yeah. I'm just wondering about like, I'm curious about like the technical aspects of it. So like how often yeah. are they just like doing check-ins and being like, this is seriously, a, you basically you have know. like a team that's, it has to be, yeah, there'd have to be some sort of like common reference. Mm-hmm. What, you know, cause I'm sure, cause I'm sure that's, Oh yeah, because like you gotta imagine, like because the people who are painting backgrounds aren't the people who are drawing the characters. The people who are coloring those characters aren't usually the same people drawing those characters. Like, 
And so like the uh, the amount of pass offs that I feel like animation has, like I'm just curious like where the director, aside from like directory things where it's like talent, they're not expressive enough. Like this is wrong in the scene. Like how often are they checking in with artists based on like what's planned ahead of time? Um, that's one thing I've always been curious about. But I mean, the fact that people pull off like animated films in general, because like you hear how long certain films take. They're like, oh, this film took a year to make because it was like three months of shooting and then like nine months of um, post production, and that's for like you know an indie feature or whatever. And then animated films, they're like, yeah, we've been working on this animated film for six years. And you're like, oh my God. You're like, okay, how many people like came into that? How many people stopped working on it? How many people like, you know, like Like, I think what you said at the beginning, like (laughs) it's probably a lot of meetings. It's probably like really, really true. Like, like it would, I, I just imagine like basically an entire floor of a building of just people on computers mm-hmm. just, just chopping away just at it, cranking away at it. And then like, cause then like, I guess with all that, just because you can like just make whatever you want, there's probably like so much of that time is just planning on what you're going to make yeah, rather than letting anybody just like willy nilly, like draw whatever they want, you know? perfect um let's talk about your music video your big one that you just did i know keegan our our uh the other podcast host keegan was on your music video came from la um he said it was pretty tight so what was that like was it solid was it fun was it you know yeah it was cool creatively fulfilled i do um yeah yeah, it is a super special project. Um, yeah, I think uh, um, I'm trying to think of where to start. So the artists, uh, one of them I had worked with probably like three or four times on different people's projects. And then he like referred me to the management of this new project he was being a part of as well, which was like a duo thing. Um, and they basically just wanted to do it in a candy store, like a candy shop. Um, so we, thanks to Keegan found one in right in Mechanicsburg. That's like super preserved. Um, it was not, um, it's not exactly a candy store. So we kind of transformed it into one, um, and so I was like, I, I basically like put them up here. Um, they came from New York to come and yeah, we basically spent the day before set dressing and we got probably like maybe, I don't know, maybe just you know, a ton of candy. Like maybe it was maybe like $600 of candy or something to just kind of like fill the shelves and stuff like that. But um yeah, it was like there were there were a couple of things that were new. Um, they wanted to do like a skit, so we cast it. I don't often like cast for music videos, but this one kind of like had the capacity to do so, and it was like what their idea was. Yeah. So um, 
So wait, wait, was it the musicians? They were, they didn't themselves like want to be in it or like, um, they also wanted to have talent be characters. Yeah. Uh, the, the second one, okay. I think, yeah, because they they were they're in it, but they were just other characters that were made sense for what happened. So we okay. needed we needed like a candy shop guy, like your your like pinstripe shirt guy, right? Mm-hmm. A huge like basically, I was really studying like the Willy Wonka candy shop scene that we lifted like a ton from that. Actually, that was like the primo inspiration, like deep wood like not your like rainbow poppy can- candy shop but more of like a, a i don't know more old like school. apothecary that sells that sells like yes sugary sweets yes sugary sweets instead of medicine yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean basically uh one thing that we were thinking about because th- th- their only prompt coming into it was like well we we want it in a candy shop and that was kind of it and then i kind of like to I kind of like to come up with like prompts for people to like work off of and see what people like. So I was like, okay, well maybe there's some sort of like ulterior business happening or something that, yeah, something that like somebody's trying to like stay low key about. Like there were a couple of prompts I, I like pitched where it was like, oh, maybe like the extras are like insanely weird and we get like, you know, like a greased up bodybuilder that comes in, like kind of like a slice of society construction worker comes in does some you know whatever they didn't like that (laughs) they wanted to do more of this like almost there's something happening here that shouldn't be like criminal almost (laughs) so uh the only other character we needed to cast was this like they originally wanted to be like a food critic but i kind of it kind of shifted to being like a person uh like an inspector so basically the shop is getting inspected and the we made a fictional candy bar that uh, like is kind of like a play off of the artist's name. And it turns out that they're, she's like trying to bust the place for carrying them. And then the shop owner's kind of like trying to like keep them away. And then like the artists and the extras are kind of like helping them keep this kind of like cat and mouse thing. So that's what, that's, that's kind of like where it ended up. But um, yeah, dude, that's super fun. I, I know. Um, well, after that music video ended, Keegan was telling me about his mom doing like set decoration, and like yeah. then I remember when we, you and I were talking after, um, like her being really talented, I guess, like, yeah, out of nowhere for this, yeah. Uh, Key, uh, uh, Susan Hurley, you got to <laughs> hire her as your production designer. She is a sleeper. But yeah, she basically um yeah, had a long career in like theater and dance and really wanted to like she's done some stuff like that and want and is just like looking to like break into it essentially. She did an amazing amazing job. Like it <laughs> I just like would not have been the same without her in there. So she was like sourcing all kinds of crazy stuff. She got like all of our props. Uh a lot of like candy that I didn't like. I thought I knew how much I needed, and then she was like, "No, you need like way more." <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was awesome. She's amazing. Yeah, was that aspect of like the production, like having somebody focus on something like that? Because like I know with some of the small stuff that I do, like it's just like me. Like the only crew that I have is like okay, I have like a grip, a PA, 
and maybe like a camera operator, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, like that kind of thing, it seems like so specific. Like, were you surprised by anything? Like, aside from the amount of candy that she brought, like, were you surprised by anything? You're like, oh, I didn't realize that, or like that's a great idea, or this was worth it because of you know X Y Z or whatever. Yeah. Well, so you, I, I think at first you said challenges, and that 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 kind of that comes to mind. Where, um, yeah, just you being like this kind of central information system for all of like these individual departments that don't know. So like you know how what each department doing relates, but they don't. So you're you know. You're like talking to the production production designer about things that you're thinking about that they can't possibly know, like how you're going to shoot this this sort of thing. And you know they're just trying to be like everyone when everyone's coming to you, they're basically just like, "What do you want?" or like, "What what is it that you're imagining for this?" Um, and I'm trying to think of your question after that. You were saying challenges. Was this just like anything surprising? Like with hiring somebody to do something like I guess so specific on set, yeah. where um. Like, and her being really talented at that, like, was there anything surprising that she brought to, like, the table, aside from, like, the amount of candy that you didn't realize you needed to buy? Um, yeah, I think she was just, uh, she was just very, um, meticulous, which is a great thing, and, and also more of a production designer than I am, (laughs) so, like, if I can communicate to her like what I'm looking for and if I'm somebody that she can like bounce choices off of, she's like taking it just to an entirely new level. Um, like uh, I, I think maybe the time was something I was unexpected, not expecting because she would be like hypercritical about like we would do one shelf at a time, like totally redo it. And, you know, seeing like our body of, of candies that we had and like getting them up there and she would be like, you know, does this jar need to like swap diagonally here? And does that look better as like when you step back a little bit? And uh, I think I was like a, perhaps a little less precious about it. But, you know, she she is and she's, you know, kind of exploring these options with me. And like it was great. I mean, it, it made for a way better uh, end, end product. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, wow. Because usually, exactly, like, usually you aren't, um, like, maybe you're doing that stuff yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, definitely. Or, I'll, like, could, nobody cares, so it's all, it can, it'll be as good as, like, you care for it mm-hmm. to be, so. Yeah, because, like, with um, a lot of your music video stuff, like, at least from, like, the past couple of years, it's been pretty, like, solo, right? Aside from maybe, like, a production assistant or something. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it varies, like, sometimes... A lot of times it's just like, am I, well, obviously budget is like the first thing. And then the second thing is like, am I pumped on this? (laughs) Um, But yeah, over over the last year, it's varied between like, yeah, stuff that I can crew up, stuff that I'm still doing pretty lean. And then uh, sometimes like I'm crewing, like I'll DP other people's stuff. And some of those have been relatively big. Uh, scope wise so that's pretty much the three categories yeah do you like making your own stuff more do you like doing the more like hyper specific role of like just shooting the videos um because i know i love doing a lot of things but i i clearly have a preference to like 
stuff that I'm doing, even if it, that doesn't mean that I don't want to not do the other stuff, but I'm just curious if you have any like, um, thoughts on that. Uh, I think it, it, it's all, I think it's all when it comes to, um, crewing, I think it just all comes down to like who you're working with and the expectations in advance. Like for instance, if you're a director and you're not, and, you, and like, I'm just free, speaking from experience. Like if I'm a DP, but I'm feeling completely in the dark, that's not fun. <laughs> like, that's just like hard. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where the, the collaborators, the right collaborators play into it. Cause it's like, oh, well then, you know, may, yeah, maybe you're going to jump on these projects with some new people. Maybe you're going to like not be as like central to like their, you know, day in and day out relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And, and, and you also set the pace in, in a lot of ways. If you're like a DP and you're like, look, I need this stuff. We're going to have these calls. We're going to factor that into our budgets. We're going to prep a certain way. So a lot of it is, yeah, set by you and people might not necessarily be like, that might not be in their process inherently. <laughs> um, I would say I have maybe a slight preference to doing my own stuff. Um, just because like it's uncomfortable crewing for like either weird or disappointing. I, I guess that's what it is. When, when I feel like when you're crewing, you're a little more susceptible, susceptible to like disappointment because <laughs> you're not like structuring it yourself. But I understand that not everybody really cares. So. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, dude, it's like pretty magical to see like what you can turn stuff into. I remember like grip PAing on like a dance music video that we did, um, where like a lot of, like I was mostly just running around with like a bounce board shooting light into people. Yeah. Um, and I remember like being on like, cause I was never behind camera to see like frames that you were getting, but I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, like, like the, when you first sent it to me and like texted it back and I was like, that's, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was cool. Um, and I, I, I just love video cause of that moment of like filming something and like not being sure or like having somebody film, like you're on, you're a part of something where you're like, you don't get it. You're not involved in the whole, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, part of it. So whether you're just filling a role on set or like, you're a director and like, you know, and you're not like involved with like, you're, you're watching people rig stuff up for you, but like, you don't exactly have that like mindset and then watching the results at the very end is like really wonderful. And I think a lot of your projects have that effect on like, whether it's behind the scenes stuff that I've seen or like ones I've worked on, um, it's really cool to like watch them flower i guess, nice. I guess yeah. it's the best way to say it that's true that is something uh pretty special about yeah kind of being a more of a crew position is kind of being walloped at the end of just like whoa like you can't you could not have really known that that what what it was going to be <laughs> and seeing it so it's really cool and also thank you man Dude, that was welcome. a cool video thank you for bouncing for me that day Dude, yes. I was just a quacker clamp for like 10 hours. It was great. A moving quacker clamp. Yeah. 
Um, but dude, that was also one of the first like videos where, um, like bouncing like a harder light into people. I was like not a fan of in general. And so the entire day when you're like, can you just bounce the sun on like silver and point it right at him? I was like, this isn't going to look cool. And then you sent it to me and I was just like, oh damn, Josh knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Cause I was just like, I just remember being like, um, like at that point I was like, you know, really obsessed with like soft light. And like, yeah, this yeah. was like one of the, projects where you're just like just freaking laser that silver side right into their face <laughs> <laughs> i was just like yeah I, and and oh dude and the like i guess just a really practical example of this is like sometimes the way things look like in real life when you like okay when you're like on set and something somebody lights something really well or like you're watching like a gaffer do their do their thing. Sometimes you look at it and you're like, that can't possibly look good. <laughs> and then you look on frame and you're like, that looks really good on camera. Like, yeah. And I don't know if it's just like the way your brain sort of interpret like interprets light, and the way the camera does it is just different enough to where it's like good or bad or you know whichever way it leans. But I remember being like. I remember at one of those moments being like blown away at like the the result versus like what I thought of in real life. Yeah. You know? I feel like that. And now I really like, <laughs> you know, throwing like a silver sign into somebody. It's really fun. Totally. That definitely has its, uh, has its, has its uses. I, I feel, but that's so profound though. Like I feel like I, I would see like, um, in like BTS videos where maybe it's with a phone or maybe it's with like some CD or camera and you're seeing kind of like this off axis shot and, and you're just like, this lighting looks, there's no way this could look good. <laughs> and then you see the frame and it, yeah, yeah like, it's just so critical. Like the shot lighting for the shot with yeah. the particular camera. So yeah, filmmaking is so easy to get wrong. <laughs> well, and dude, I guess that's, I guess that's why like when, like when you're at venues and stuff like, you know, filming for weddings or whatever, where it's like, this is a wonderfully lit space, like for a human to just exist in. Yeah. And then you whip out your camera and you're like, Oh, like <laughs> this is so gross. But then you put like nice little spotlight on them. So you can see your camera can see them in like the reception and you're like, wow, this looks great. And then everyone's like, oh, everyone's too it. bright. Like why are, can you turn it off? Like, and you're like, and you're, and so it's, it's just so fun to see those like moments and try to learn from them of like how you either balance that. Right. You know, if it's like an event style video where it's like the real life matters or like if it's total fiction or a music video or narrative where it's like, you're just lighting for what the camera can see. And like, if in real life it doesn't look that hot, it's like, as long as the camera is like getting it right. Yeah, That's I often awesome. feel like, <laughs> I guess you'd call it like a, a, some. I always get like concerned sometimes when I have to like explain to anyone like on client side about lighting because I feel like they just, they don't, <laughs> they, they, they can't possibly know what it means and I just sound like I'm just sounding like an idiot when I'm like, oh, but like we need, you know, <laughs> wait a minute we needed to, we did to like fiddle with the lighting for five minutes i just feel like that just is just like glazes right over clients they're just like what so what, I, what would this what, <laughs> what would this possibly change 
Right. Like, I just can't imagine. I just can't. Yeah. yeah. It's on the schedule, you know. Hey, man. You, know, you, you never have to ask there. for time to light. But, yeah, I always, I always feel kind of silly and talking anything about lighting with a client. It's funny. Just because, like, of like the foreign <laughs> aspect to them, you mean? Yeah, I yeah. just you know, my in my own mental construction, I'm thinking it's silly, but you know, yeah, <laughs> they so probably don't. Fun. They're probably like whatever. No, I love it. I love it, Josh. Funny. I think that's our time. I think I think that was a half hour. I'm trying to keep it tight. I'm trying to keep this podcast tight. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you. Glenn. Thank you for appreciate you. Thank you for talking about animation. Yeah and lighting and many other awesome things. Yeah. Cool. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>